Hey there, it's Cameron McCormick from Alters Performance, and in this episode of the Earn Your Edge podcast, we're joined by Will Ahmed, founder and CEO of Whoop. Now, I'll let Will explain in great detail, hopefully, what Whoop is and how it's changing the game for high-performance athletes, but before we run down that rabbit hole, Will, I want to first understand your origin story to create some level of context for the deeper conversation. So, what I understand is you grew up in Long Island as a multi-sport athlete, yes? Yeah, that's right. I grew up on uh, on Long Island. I was someone who used to play all sorts of different sports. I ended up playing squash while I was in Harvard as a collegiate athlete there. And I was someone who used to overtrain as a college athlete. And so I was I got pretty fascinated with this concept of how you can better understand the human body. And I did a lot of physiology research while I was in school and really was trying to figure out how can you prevent injuries? How can you train optimally? What does it mean to train optimally? How does sleep recovery fit into the mix? And uh, so I just did a ton of research. I read you know, probably something like 500 medical papers while I was in school. And I ultimately wrote a paper myself around how to continuously understand the human body. And that that research ultimately became the the business plan for starting Whoop. And who were the people in those days at Harvard when you're trying to solve your own problem, I suspect, as you mentioned, overtraining, et cetera, et cetera, that were mentoring you along the way? Well, I met with a number of cardiologists and physiologists. I got to know a gentleman named Nicholas Negroponte while I was in school. Nicholas was the founder of the MIT Media Lab and One Laptop Per Child. So he had a real technology background. I took a, a class actually at MIT called New Enterprises that was led by Howard Anderson, who was one of the early and, and more successful venture capitalists in Boston. So I got a kind of a good business framework from him. I was fortunate to be at Harvard, so I got to meet with a lot of coaches at the school, and I got a lot of advice from Mike Way, who is the head of uh, Harvard Squash and one of the most successful squash coaches of all time. And so there was really a lot of people, I think, who who uh, helped me, you know, refine and 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 guide what ultimately became Whoop today. And before we move into a deeper, I guess, investigation of the development of the device itself and all the algorithms that go into providing insights. Where did the name come from? You know, whoop was this uh, like high energy word that people used while I was in school. So, you know, people would say, hey, you, how are you feeling? You got whoop for the match or, uh, you know, you got whoop. Are you going out tonight? Like it was this energetic, energetic word. And ultimately, I wanted I wanted to name the company something that people would remember and made people smile and, and kind of spoke to a higher uh, higher mission around, you know, around energy. So that's where whoop came from. Was it the first and only word that you auditioned to or, or kind of kicked ties around to name the company? Yeah, we liked we liked Whoop from the start. From the, from the outset. Nice, nice. So idea to actualization, you've got this idea. Now, a long story, but you can synthesize it down to some key nuggets as best you can. How do you go build it, test it, and raise money to bring it to life? Well, I think the first step is you have to have a really clear point of view on what you're actually trying to do. And so in the early days, I wanted to help the best athletes in the world prevent overtraining and better understand their bodies. And so we started building technology with that in mind. Obviously, you have to recruit a great team. I was fortunate to meet my co-founder at the end of my, my time at Harvard, and he was actually studying some of the hardest math classes in the country. His father, as it turns out, is a professor of exercise physiology. So we had a real overlap around physiology. And uh, 
he had the technical chops to do some things from an algorithm standpoint that hadn't been done before. And I had a vision for how to build a product for coaches and athletes and beyond. So, you know, right, right initial partner, right initial idea, very focused again. And then we just started prototyping, you know, the first whoop sensor was this enormous box that had to be tethered to a computer that had <laughs> wires coming out of it that then attached to your wrist. And you effectively had to run with someone holding a computer next to you um, in order to, to see the analysis. And then over time, you know, it became a box that wasn't connected to a computer. And then it became, you know, a watch that was really too large. And then, you know, a Eventually, we got to a form factor that resembles what Whoop looks like today, and we've had numbers of iterations since then. You know, I think another thing that helped attract capital and helped at least inspire me early on is that we really got to the best athletes in the world very quickly, and they were they were quite inspired by what we were doing. You know, two of our first hundred users, this is in 2015 were people like uh, LeBron James and Michael Phelps. So, you know, we, we, we had gotten to work with athletes at a really high, high level right out of the gates. And that, that to me was a sign that we were onto something. One of the more common questions that we get from Altus clients and listeners is how do I spin it like a tour player? Well, the first step is to treat your equipment like a tour player, and that means that you've got the right golf ball and you've got fresh grooves. Visit Vokey.com to see the spin research that Bob Vokey and his team have conducted to better understand how grooves wear over time. After 75 to 100 rounds of golf, you owe it to yourself to test your grooves to make sure that they're still getting maximum spin from your wedges. Find a fitter at Vokey.com for a spin test soon. And were those high-level athletes walk-ins, or was that a, um, let's say, an active business strategy that you pursued to create early adoption? I mean, look, it was an active strategy. I always said from the beginning that, you know, if we actually built the technology I was trying to build and it could help athletes the way I thought it could, we would get the best athletes in the world and they would actually pay us to wear it. Mm -hmm. Whereas on the flip side, no matter how much money we paid athletes, if we built technology that they didn't get value out of, there was no way in hell they were going to wear it 24-7. Without and, and that's largely turned out to be true. And And so... I guess it was a bit of a build it and they will come strategy. Now, in those early days, you know, we had to actively, like I actively went out and met with, you know, LeBron's trainer, Phelps's trainer, people like that, because obviously those are influential figures in high profile athletes' lives. As you know, as, you know, someone who works with, with super world-class athletes, if you believe in something, you're going to recommend it to your athletes. If you don't believe in something, they'll never see it. So that was a bit of the strategy from the beginning. And then, you know, the credibility, I think, that came from realizing, okay, this is actually helping these guys. That helped us grow to sports teams and that helped us in turn, you know, eventually go to the consumer market. Yeah. You mentioned the coaches being influential with upstream contacts and collaboration with some high-level athletes, but influential, you had to put something in front of them, I imagine, that was eye-opening, which maybe brings up a next step in the question is, at its core, I've read that you describe it as more than wearable tech. It's part hardware, part software, and back-end data analytics. Can you expand on this as a point of education for the listeners and by maybe describing what it measures and, and its efficacy? Yeah, I think our mission at Whoop is really to unlock human performance. 
what we're effectively building is a 24-7 life coach that is trying to help the end user improve their performance, whatever that may be. And we've built technology across hardware, software, and analytics. So on the hardware side, it's a very small sensor that you could wear on your wrist or your upper arm. It's mostly material, and it measures five variables 100 times a second. We collect about 100 megabytes of data on you a day. It's an enormous amount of health data. It's super accurate. And in turn, that allows us to give you analysis around sleep and recovery and strain. So sleep being your quality of sleep, how much time you spent in bed, the different stages, REM and slow wave and light and awake, disturbances throughout the night, how long it took you to fall asleep, how many times you woke up, really, really in-depth analysis, recovery being how prepared is this person on any given day to perform. I was, as a college athlete, I was someone who used to overtrain because I didn't know how recovered I was every day. I just assumed the way to get fitter was to train more and more and more. And a lot of people make this mistake. Whoop recovery really helps people understand what are the days I should train hard and actually what are the days I shouldn't do anything Whoop is really the first fitness product to tell you not to exercise, actually, to rest. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty fundamental. And then we measure strain, which is effectively looking at the stress of any period of time. So that could be exercise, that could be daily activity, that could just be you going about your daily life. And Whoop is providing feedback to you on a 24-7 basis across each one of those dimensions that I just described. I guess if I could lead the next question with an expression, today begins yesterday. I think that if you were polling the layperson on what sleep provides, many would say that it's uh, something akin to turning off the computer where maybe all systems are just totally shut down or offline. But can you surface the reality of the recovery processes that are happening while any person is asleep? Yeah, I think the most important thing for people to understand is that your body is really repairing itself when you're asleep. And slow wave sleep in particular is when your body is producing about 95% of your human growth hormone. So people think you get stronger in the gym or they think you get sharper on the golf course hitting a bunch of shots. You actually get stronger while you're sleeping because that's when your body's repairing those muscles right? That repairing process is so fundamental. So you can crush yourself in the gym, but if you don't then get the slow wave sleep to build those muscles back up, you've actually just done more damage than help. REM sleep is equally important and arguably more important for most of our our listeners right now because REM sleep is what helps you function in your daily life. REM sleep is what repairs your mind, your brain. So if you need to perform well in work, if you need to make a presentation, if you have to give a speech, if you have to take a, a test of any kind, you want to be getting a lot of REM sleep. And so WHOOP actually allows you to understand in a given night, how much slow wave sleep did I get and how much REM sleep did I get versus these other stages? Because if you get six hours of sleep and, you know, three hours of that is REM and slow wave, that's better than spending eight hours in bed and only getting an hour of REM and slow wave. Mm -hmm. And I think most people don't understand that. And measuring these things allows you to do is it allows you to figure out what are all these other things in my life that help me get more slow wave sleep, help me get more REM sleep, help me repair more efficiently. And so that's where as a coach or even as an individual, you can start to introduce different tools 
different ideas. How does meditation help you sleep? How does uh, different supplements help you sleep? How do things like caffeine or nicotine or uh, alcohol negatively affect your sleep? Uh, you know, how does travel affect your sleep? And you know, the, the, the people on Whoop who are most successful, what they've been able to figure out is the perfect recipe for them to perform at a higher level. You walked right into and answered the bulk of my next question, it was a, was, which was a question we're always trying to solve any person that's traveling or particularly athletes that are looking to perform as they're traveling across time zones, totally. uh, traveling from the United States to Europe. It's how do I adjust, upregulate or, or delay the onset of melatonin production so I'm fast adapting to that, that time zone? And I most recently had a conversation with a couple of people one, a physician of neurology who's studying this stuff and another team uh, from Under Armour who's developing blue light glasses. Do you have any insights, uh, maybe some hacks that have come out of uh, research within the organization or outside relative to the use of blue light glasses, blue light blockers to um, either delay or accelerate the onset of melatonin production? Well, look, I do wear uh, blue light blocking glasses before I go to bed. I'll try to wear them, you know, an hour to three hours before bed. They're particularly good if you are traveling, especially on a red eye. You know, I'll try to wear them four or five hours before I get on a red eye because what blue light blocking glasses do is they stop all the light in your life, particularly screens. I mean, we're all looking at phones too often and different screens. They block that light, which is engaging your eyes and engaging your brain. And they do help, you know, they help start the production of melatonin, which in turn helps you fall asleep. And it's a very natural process. And so I'm a big believer in blue light blocking glasses. There's a few other things I like personally. I'll take melatonin, small dose of melatonin, you know, a few times a week, especially if I'm traveling and I need to get on the right time zone. I like to take magnesium from time to time, especially on days I've done heavy weightlifting. I find that that can help with sleep and also help with muscle repair. I'm someone who tries to go to bed and wake up at the same time. That can be difficult if you're traveling a lot, but it's been shown that sleep consistency, so going to bed and waking up at the same time, can actually make your body produce slow wave and REM sleep more efficiently. It can also improve your heart rate variability. It can decrease your your resting heart rate. So those are those are all positive things. I like to sleep in a very cold environment. So my wife hates me for this, but I try to sleep. <laughs> a, I try to sleep in a bedroom that's you know around sixty five degrees Fahrenheit. That's a refrigerator. Yeah, the colder the better as far as I'm concerned. I also typically wear a sleep mask because I think that light in general affects your sleep. So let's take a quick break in the action to recognize one of our partners, Under Armour. It's Under Armour's mission to make all athletes better through passion, design, and the relentless pursuit of innovation. And that ethos or mission statement couldn't be more aligned with the Earn Your Edge podcast. We're thankful to be powered by Under Armour. I want to ask a question for the skeptics out there in the general population. Are there some particular use cases that would perhaps motivate this group of people that we're speaking to to take action on something they've previously given such cursory value to? I mean, look at it this way, right? I think you can only really manage what you measure. And in general, I think people will say, 
if they're more tired versus more energetic, they recognize that they perform better in life. You know, anyone, I think even, even skeptical people are going to agree with that statement. So then the question is, well, would it be interesting for you to be energetic more often without having to really change your, your uh, lifestyle too dramatically? I think most people, again, would say, yeah, okay, fine. I, I, if I could just choose between being tired versus being energetic, I think I would choose energetic. Okay, well, now, now we've got someone we can work with because the reality is if you just start measuring sleep, don't change anything about your life. You just start measuring it. You're going to quickly identify a few things right off the bat that you're going to realize make you sleep better. And there's some obvious things I could say, but you're going to figure them out for yourself. And all of a sudden, you're going to be sleeping better without changing too much about your life. And then you're going to realize, wow, how far down this rabbit hole can I go? And and look, we see this every day with people who say, I've never worn wearable technology. I'm not a data person. The reality is there's just too much you're leaving on the table but by not measuring this stuff. And there are so many easy ways to improve your life. And by the way, I'm not encouraging people to be staring at a, a data dashboard 24-7. <laughs> you know, I want to be very clear. You know, Whoop has made this pretty consumer-facing. It's really three numbers we show you. Sure, you can dive as deep as you want. You can look at 100 megabytes of data a day if you want. But at the end of the day, we're just showing you three numbers. How well did you sleep? How well did you recover? How much stress have you put on your body? And, you know, I think just by understanding those things at a snapshot, you start to consciously realize how you can influence them to your advantage. Mm -hmm. What does the mission map look like three to five years into the future, I guess, maybe putting it into a space analogy, where are we on the frontier of understanding and the application using wearable tech to hack um, physiology and performance? Well, I want to be careful by making, you know, like a broad statement, like where is wearable tech going to be? Mm -hmm. Because I know where Whoop's going to be, right. but I think I take great pride in the fact that we're ahead of other wearable technology, right? There's a reason that, you know, only these super elite high performers have ever worn Whoop and not other products on the market. Mm -hmm. So uh, everything I'll say will be through the lens of Whoop. You know, we're going to make our technology smaller and smaller, and it's effectively going to be able to disappear throughout your body. And in the long run, you're just going to be coming back to that 24-7 life coach. So today, the main anchor for that is your cell phone. Over time, maybe it's through uh, various voice applications or other forms of augmented reality. We'll see what other platforms exist out there. But for us, it's being able to provide that coaching to you however you want to read it or engage with it or listen to it. And that coaching is going to be able to tell you in very specific terms everything that you're doing that is helping your body and everything that's hurting it. And then it's, you know, it's up to you whether you want to use that information and how you want to use it. But, you know, in that case, I think information is power. You've filled us up with advice for athletes. In fact, I'll go deeper as I think you'd uh, corroborate or echo that it's quite frankly anyone with a heartbeat and a need to rest and recover can uh, benefit immensely from using Whoop. But what I want to close with here is maybe looking through your lens as an entrepreneur or inventor entrepreneur, what advice would you give to the fledgling entrepreneur out there that has an idea and a dream to make something to come to reality? 
Well, I'd say first and foremost, you know, keep going, right? Like it's very easy to to meet an entrepreneur who's just met a ton of people who've told them they're going to fail or they're not going to make it. So I try to be very optimistic to entrepreneurs because I, uh, or positive to entrepreneurs because I remember a lot of doubters in the early days of when I wanted to start something. And you faced a lot of no's. Yeah. You just face a lot of no's. You face a lot of people who tell you it's impossible. And you know, you have to, you have to be able to tell yourself that it's going to come through. It's going to work out. I mean, you also have to be obsessed. I think you have to be uh, willing to dedicate 90 to 100% of your time on your idea to actually have it come to fruition. And it's really, uh, you know, every, I think, successful entrepreneur story is something of a miracle because it's you're, you really are up against all odds. But the truth is that it's possible. It's possible to create something from thin air. And and uh, certainly the United States still seems to be the best country in the world to do that. And uh, and there's a lot of resources out there to find how to start how to start businesses. I think the most important thing is, is being passionate and, and working really hard. And by the way, like you'll look back on the challenge challenges that it took to get off the ground favorably when you start feeling some success because they'll have hardened you they'll, they'll have made you they'll have made you a better version of yourself and then when you start to feel momentum you realize just how much faster you're because you've been building up all that muscle all along the way you know trying to overcome the the, the challenges brilliant absolutely brilliant Finally, information for those that are interested. I know you um, maybe broadcast the handle for the podcast and maybe where people can seek out more information. Yeah, absolutely. So people can check us out at whoop.com. That's W-H-O-O-P.com. They can find us on uh, Instagram and Twitter at whoop, W-H-O-O-P. I'm the host of the Whoop podcast where we interview pretty interesting guests who, you know, are trying to improve performance or are super high performing people. This includes CEOs, people who run sports leagues, professional athletes, biohackers, and many more interesting guests. And then lastly, you can find me online at Will Ahmed. That's W-I-L-L-A-H-M-E-D. And uh, always happy to answer questions about the product or anything else. Fantastic. Thanks for your time, Will. I certainly appreciate it and hopefully our paths cross in person at some point in the future. Absolutely, Cameron, real pleasure. And uh, maybe one day we'll find each other on a golf course together. Thanks very much for listening to this episode. If you want to learn more about Altus Performance, go check out altusperformance.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Team Altus and Instagram at Altus Performance. Also, thanks to Cordy Walker for his wonderful production work on this and coming episodes of Earn Your Edge. 